You're listening to the Winsight Podcast Network. Welcome to Menu Feed, a weekly podcast from Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. I'm chatting with Matthew Padilla, Culinary Innovation Director for True Food Kitchen, a wellness-focused restaurant group with 43 locations nationwide. Matthew recently overhauled the menu, incorporating hyper-seasonal ingredients and inventive global flavors. He introduced more than 30 new dishes, including comfort food favorites like burgers, pizza, and pastas that are indulgent but reimagined with healthier twists. There's also a new handcrafted cocktail selection to complement the creativity on the food side. Listen as Matthew shares how he is carrying out the mission of True Foods founder, Dr. Andrew Weil, while appealing to a broader audience, and how seasonality, sustainability, and ethical sourcing drive his menu innovation. We'll also hear about where the menu is going next. Welcome, Matthew. Thanks so much for joining me. Of course. I'm excited to be on. Well, let's begin by you telling me a little bit about your culinary journey and how you landed at True Food Kitchen. Yeah. So, you know, I I have a a pretty wide array of experiences. Um, I started culinary arts actually in high school. So my high school offered culinary arts as an elective. So that's kind of what sparked my interest in cooking. Um, I went off to college, still worked in restaurants, um, you know, kind of kindled that passion even further for being in restaurants. And, um, you know, I worked as a bartender in, in a lot of front of the house jobs, but um, my true passion was still cooking. So decided to take the leap and transfer to culinary school. So I went to Johnson and Wells in, in Denver. Um, then I've worked kind of all over the country since then. So started at the kitchen in Boulder, which is more of like a farm to table, which is very relevant to true food. So that was actually my first cooking job professionally. Um, and at that time, you know, farmers markets and farm to table was kind of the big trend. So I worked there. I then worked in Tucson, Arizona for a couple of years, which um, is what kind of made me aware of, of Sam Fox and the founders of, of True Food Kitchen. So I've always known about True Food Kitchen. And since then, I've gone on and I worked in San Francisco and fine dining restaurants and got a lot of experience of learning about still that kind of farm to table and seasonal cooking ethos. Um, and then I moved into luxury hotels. So most recently, I spent the, ba- the past decade or so in luxury hotels. Most recently, I was with Bears Resorts. Um, so the highest end of, of hotels. And, you know, I oversaw a five-star restaurant on property as well as a casual restaurant and everything else that comes with a, with a hotel. So I, I have a pretty varied experience. You know, I will say that I was attracted to True Food because my style of cooking is very similar to theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite them being a little bit more casual and, and me having um, some fine dining background, at the end of the day, it's still seasonal scratch cooking and still has has majority of the same ethos and philosophy behind it. It may just have less people with tweezers manipulating the food as much, right? So. Plus, you oversee 43 executive chefs now. Is that something new for you, managing all those different locations and chefs? Um, It is something new. So I oversaw a hotel operation and 
oversaw the food and beverage program for that. So I do have an experience doing it on a large scale for one location. Mm -hmm. uh, but this many new pieces was, was a learning experience for me. Uh, but it's been quite the journey. I think it's really fun being able to impact more people with your food. You know, before you're kind of contained to uh, one location that you can only touch so many people and um, influence so many people. So it's it's really fun knowing that your food is going into, you know, 10,000 seats a day. Right. Well, I used to live in Chicago and I went to True Food Kitchen there a lot because it was it's in a great location, first of all. And it was it's really great for any time of day. So, you know, I've tried a lot of the items, but that was probably before you started. So tell me what you've um, done to overhaul the menu, because I know that you introduced something like 30 new dishes. Or <laughs> tell me what what that's about. It's it's been a lot of change, and I, there's even more change to come. So, kind of where we are right now, though, you know, obviously we're trying to create fresh food that's going to make you feel good, feel good about yourself whenever you leave, but still have some of those indulgent items on the menu and and playful things. And it's been kind of an evolution of adding, you know, in the spring we added a decent amount of <clears throat> a couple burgers and some more handhelds. Mm -hmm. um, so we grew the menu a little bit along with a lot of seasonal changes. Um, so we, there was about 30 changes or so, um, the last three menus have been kind of a constant evolution of a lot of change, but it, again, it goes back to that foundation of, um, creating food that's going to make guests feel good. That's going to be recognizable. We don't over manipulate the food, uh, you know, sticking with our, our true food philosophy. Um, but how, how do we take it to the next step and make it a little bit more playful? So we did kind of a sneak peek to our brunch. Um, we expanded that menu a little bit, um, mm -hmm. in the winter season, um, in the fall, we're going to be expanding a little bit more. So that's going to be an even bigger emphasis, which is going to be really fun. Um, so we're really excited about that. And we have a lot of other things in the works down the line. Um, but currently for the summer menu, uh, the seasonality, right? So how do we showcase these beautiful ingredients that we have? So strawberries and corn, watermelon. So it's so really fun ingredients. Uh, really fresh. It's one of my favorite seasons, right? Just because the ingredients right. are so great. Um, so that, that was kind of the showcase for that. You know, we expanded a couple entree options, which I think we're going to expand even more. And, you know, I feel like we're in the past, we've been known as the perfect lunch spot or all day, but we really want to start attracting some more dinner guests as well. So we added a chicken entree, which is a barbecue chicken that has a house-made barbecue sauce that has blueberries in it. So really fresh and fun ingredients. So expanding on those entrees and, uh, you know, trying to create a, that same experience at dinner um, that I, we have at lunch. Well, I know that you took some indulgent comfort foods like burgers and pizza and kind of made them more in true foods vision, I guess. So tell me what you did to like change up a burger or a pizza to make it more in line with True Foods' mission. Yeah, of course. So a couple of examples that we that I can think of off the top of my head. So we we introduced 
a decent amount more burgers. Um, and we wanted to have recognizable flavors that were still again going to make you feel good and, and just be really great ingredients. Right. So, um, we added a Turkey burger onto the menu and we have a hatch green chili ranch and our ranch is made with a, a Greek yogurt. Then we have a Peruvian burger and we've partnered with people like vital farms that kind of have that same philosophy that we do. So we, we have a fried, uh, vital farms egg and it is indulgent but if we're gonna indulge we want to give our guests the best product that they could possibly have right so mm-hmm. we have the vital farms pasture's egg on that dish and a really bright beautiful peruvian pepper sauce on there we have some point race blue cheese so we like to we like to partner with with also companies that we feel really good about and um again if you're going to lean indulgent we want it to be uh the best ingredients you can find We've also done a couple of fun, playful things with ingredients that people may not know, right? So uh, one of the expansions we have, we have a, a play on a Korean fried rice. So in our wok, we saute rice. Um, we're actually using forbidden rice. Um, and instead of a traditional kimchi, we partnered with a company called Atlantic Sea Farms. And they actually grow uh, seaweed in Maine that helps regenerate the ocean floor. And they've trained a bunch of lobster fishermen to generate additional income. Um, cause we know that economy has been, been hit a little hard. And, mm-hmm. um, so we partner with, with people that make an impact on the, on the world, but also having interesting ingredients. So. Yeah. Seaweed seems to be trending right now. It's, it's a good ingredient. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's packed with flavor and, and mm-hmm. nutrients and it's, it's very healthy for you at the same time. Right. I recently went to the fancy food show in New York and there were a lot of seaweed vendors. <laughs> I mean, not a lot, but yes. more than there had been in the past. It seemed to be something that was becoming more popular. So as far as, uh, you know, Andrew Wilde founded True Food Kitchen, or he was like one of the um, founding partners. And so um, how do you stick to like his original ethos when you develop new menu items? You know, I, th- I think at the base of it, it boils down to he he believed that food should taste as good as it makes you feel, right? So I think that's the basis of it. And we do stick to his ethos. But if we want to have a varied menu, obviously, we can't be extremely strict. So I, I think we do a great job of having a wide variety for mm-hmm. everybody, right? So we have dishes that are that are vegan, and we always make sure that we keep a certain amount on there. We also are conscious of the calories. Um, we don't use things like refined sugars and, and certain chemicals and food additives. So on that end of it, we we're pretty strict in sticking to his philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still make everything in house too. And we're, we're chef driven. So as you mentioned before, we have 43, 44 now executive chefs and that's, that's very important to us. We don't have kitchen managers. We have actual executive chefs that are executing this food for our restaurants. And um, I think that it helps us enable, enables us to answer your question to um, kind of carry on as ethos. Right. Are you still doing um, a lot of plant-based items or plant forward? I mean, plant forward, obviously, because you have a lot of vegetables on the menu, but do you have any strictly plant-based items? We in the in the form of um, like replacement items, like a protein or something like that, or even um, just something that is totally vegan. Oh yeah, so we, so we have a decent amount of totally vegan. We always have vegan desserts on the menu. So summer menu, we have, for example, a mango tart, and there's zero sugar added to this. It's completely vegan, gluten free. It's it's one of my favorite desserts of all time. 
um, not only because I created it, um, but because you would never expect that it's vegan, right? So you eat right. this chart and you're blown away by, wow, this is vegan. It's gluten-free. We don't add any additional sugar to it. It's, it's, a, it's an impressive dish for what it is. How do you make and, the crust then if it's gluten-free? Do you use a gluten-free flour? Uh, so we're actually making the crust out of dates. So we do <laughs> dates and Marcona almonds are kind of the base of it. Um, and oats and this this kind of helps hold everything together so think of the texture of almost like um some of the the nature uh date bars that are great for mm-hmm. hiking and that sort of thing it has that kind of that same texture so crunchiness from the almond so r- really fun dessert um so so again going back to to your question we always have a lot of plant forward we always make sure to have a, a good balance of vegan vegetarian we don't obviously promote a ton of of meat but we do have meat on the menu for guests that that enjoy meat but then we also have amazing fish dishes so for summer we are um, bringing on a trout that's from a company called reverence in um, idaho so it's a sustainably raised trout we also work with quare so we're very particular about who we partner with and always conscious of what we're bringing onto the menu Right. Are any of the burgers that you introduced plant-based meat substitutes or are you st- staying away from those for the most part? You know, I think in that space, there's a lot on the horizon that we're very excited about. So I'm in particular very excited about the mycelium-based meat alternatives, which aren't quite there yet. There's not a lot in food service space yet, especially like in the burger world. I think in the next five years, it's about to explode because you're starting to see it everywhere. Currently, right now, we make our own vegan burger. You know, we we shy away from trying to create something that's going to mimic. And I don't want to call it any brands, but that, that are going to try to create an exact replica of that meat, or try to make it too too much like it. Like I'd rather just have something that has a lot of flavor, is delicious. But and then you're like, wow, this also happens to be made from mycelium. I, even if you don't like mushrooms and you eat that, you're like, wow, this is incredible. It tastes like right. you're eating something very savory and meaty, right? So right now we make our vegan burger patty in house, um, and that has walnuts, beets. Um, so we we're making the patty. I think down the road, I'm very excited about that space, as you can tell. So I think we'll we'll explore some other options of potentially outsourcing or making our own kind of mycelium based burger patty, maybe. But to answer your question, we don't have a lot of mm-hmm. just meat meat alternatives. Um, for fall, we are thinking about adding tempeh back to the menu. So we said right. tempeh on the menu, um, which I, I would rather prefer to show something in its in its true form rather than trying to recreate a turkey patty or something. Right, exactly. And so you also talked a lot about you know some of the global flavors you introduced, like the Peruvian. What other cuisines are you exploring? Is there any other that are favorites of yours right now? Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, I'm a kind of kind of constantly always exploring. You know, in the summertime, we have a dish coming back that has a uh, it's our salmon and it has a Thai corn broth and mm. a lot of those flavors from Thailand where it's very bright. So it's it's made from with corn, but it also has like lemongrass flavors and lime juice, so very bright. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's anything in particular, but I have a lot of respect for Japanese cooking and. Um, I love Asian flavors because they can be very bold without having to add, you know, if you look at more of the the Western style of cooking where it adds a lot more fat to achieve that flavor, uh, which I've done a lot in fine dining, but I also have a lot of respect for that Asian culture where they're allowed, they're able to create a ton of flavor 
utilizing ingredients like um, fish sauce and misos mm-hmm. and fermented items is really exciting to me. Cool. And you mentioned a little bit about your sourcing strategy that you like to work with, you know, ethical and local producers and farmers. But is there anything you want to add about that? No, I, I think I touched on a lot of the, the mm-hmm. people that we work with. And we, we have uh, our, our senior vice president of procurement is fantastic. You know, he um, has helped us create some of these partnerships and also continue them. And mm-hmm. it's been great working working with him on that side of things and every menu change we have. So I actually just finished a meeting about the fall menu. We vet every single ingredient and we're talking about who we're going to get that from the why behind it. And the more whys we have can help tell our story. Right. And also help tell those people's story too. And I think it's great to support those people in those communities, kind of like the the Atlantic sea farms, which many people wouldn't know that they're creating a seaweed kimchi that's helping the ocean regenerate. So, we're also we're very conscious on on how we go about the process and who we're picking and it's a, it's a really exciting company to do, to work for because not a lot of people do that so it, yeah it's for been, sure so i as you i mean you now have 44 locations you said so is it difficult to source those kinds of products for so many locations is that a challenge it is. It's very much a challenge. Not only post COVID, where it's already a challenge, even if we were buying regular salmon or you know just something that, that's stocked nationally. So that creates its own challenges. We we try to get ahead of it. So like I said, we're almost done wrapping up fall right mm-hmm. now. So I think that's the that's the approach we've been taking is making sure that we're giving our ourselves enough time to source those items, get those loaded into our purveyors and make sure that we can get those across the country. Not to say that even whenever we do launch that there's not, you know, we don't stumble every once in a while, but I I think everybody is right now. And in order for us to get better products, it's, it's going to happen. So it's, uh, it would probably save a lot of, uh, tireless nights if we were uh, just pulling normal product off the shelves. But the fact that we do, um, source these items, uh, it's a, it's a big um, project in itself. Right. How far East are you? located our furthest east we have a couple locations in new jersey and new york oh you do okay i'll have to check those out because i live in new york now but not i don't think there are any in the city itself no that's right outside the city so we we have one in hackensack and edison is going to be your closest to the city yeah right and i also noticed that you that the beverage menu has been revamped did you have any input into that did you work with the mixologists or the bar managers on that yeah so i I work very closely so we're all kind of in the same same department and we do our tastings together and go through our creative process together bouncing ideas off of each other i was at one of our restaurant locations making some cocktails yesterday helping um, our mixologist who's working on the fall menu so there's a lot of carryover because we do use a lot of culinary ingredients on that side so there is a, a large carryover into that space and it's really fun I, I had a lot of fun yesterday actually we we're we're working on a um true food version of what what would be our interpretation of a Bloody Mary. So maybe you'll see that hitting the menu in the fall, but oh. that's, that's something we're working on right now, along with the whole fall menu revamp. So, yeah. So it looks like brunch is becoming more important, a day park for you. I, I think for this menu in particular, mm-hmm. you know, I think that 
for COVID, um, a lot of restaurants had to pivot. And I think that's one, one thing that didn't come back out of COVID very strong and there wasn't a lot of emphasis on it. So we're focusing on that. We're going to look at happy hour, um, our catering programs. Um, there, there's a lot, a lot of things that we want to, to really refine um, and kind of cover all of our bases. I think we succeed the most at lunch, but how do we build out all those other day parts and other, other pieces to, to make us an even stronger brand? Now, to any of the chefs at the 44 locations, do they help you with menu development or do they have input into what's coming on the menu? They do. So we, we have what we call our culinary council. So one of our regional chefs runs our culinary council and each year we select a handful of chefs that help us with that innovation process. So we're, we're going to be doing menu tastings for happy hour soon. And they submitted a whole bunch of recipes oh, cool. in line builds and things for, for that. And like our, our previous brunch menu, for example, there's a couple items on there that, that we got from the culinary council. So we try to keep them engaged as much as, as possible. And it's really fun for them to be a part of it. And, you know, whenever they have something on the menu, it's, it's creates more of a sense of pride for them as well. For sure. Now you already talked a lot about what I was going to ask you next, but what is next? I mean, you, you said the fall menu is pretty well set. Have you started working on the winter menu or can you tell me a little bit about what happy hour will be like? So, you know, the, I will say that overall, we want to have a lot more fun and I don't, I don't want to divulge any, any secrets, but I think right. brunch is going to be really fun. We have a couple of really cool pieces that we're excited about on there. And then happy hour is the same thing, right? So how do we create something that's delicious? It's going to make you feel good, um, but it's really fun. And so th- those are the biggest two, two pieces we're working on right now. Um, and then, like I said, we're going to look into w- what's the next step. Is it a- another smaller version of true food that's more fast casual or um, so, so we're exploring potentially, you know, branching off a little bit, um, maybe some CPG work. So there's, there's a lot of ideas out there, but as of right now, the, the near term items are going to be really focusing on that brunch fall menu and happy hour. Thanks so much, Matthew. I definitely want to try out your new menu soon. You can download this episode of Menu Feed and past episodes at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Pat Kobe. Mm-hmm.